All right. Yes. Welcome to the Art and Span show. Episode whatever number. We're not even keeping track anymore. Let's be honest. Like we put an episode number, but we've done so many of these throughout the weeks that just uh, we're happy that you have come aboard. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the RSS feed, we got some uh, big news coming in the next couple of weeks, too. With uh, doing some extra stuff, you looked oh, yeah. at, you looked at me confused for a yeah, second. Yeah, I was like, "What extra stuff are we gonna tell them?" Because there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on, but like, what can we tell them versus what can we? Yeah, well, we can't. What, did I say what can we tell them versus what can we? The hell's wrong? With you? <laughs> well, you're tired. You're exhausted. That would be correct, sir. Yeah, that would be correct. I, I think that you know, I since getting this new like smartwatch thing and using it at night, it tells me how much sleep I've gotten. And that completely ruins my entire day because last night the kids were up. I slept four hours, it says. But I feel like I slept a lot more, but I have the equivalent of liquid cocaine running through my veins right now. I got Okay, we're just totally going to skim over the fact that your smartwatch knows when you're sleeping. Well, yeah, because I charge it. So what I do is I, 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 I charge it at night, but I charge it between like 5 and 7, and then I put it on, and I don't charge it until 5 to 7 the next day. So it tracks my sleep, it tracks my workout, and tracks my work day. Dude, we're glossing over it again. How does it know when you're sleeping? It's a lack of movement. It's just like when you're... When you you're, couldn't just be watching television? Yeah, but it does that too, and the Fitbits do too. You know, like the little fitness trackers? If there's no movement, it thinks that you're sleeping. Yeah, it's weird. But like last night... One of my kids was like, hey, I'm going to wake up at 1130 and 1230. And that to me is like normal people's like two, three o'clock in the morning because I go to bed at like nine and I wake up at like 430. Well, he decided, hey, it's time to party and just started waking up screaming, which was awesome. One of the three. One of the three. Just decided to wake up screaming. And screaming woke up the other two. No, the other two, uh, the one sleeps through it. I guess we should educate. So I have triplets and they're going to be two in July. And they've gotten past the no sleeping part. Like the first six months was absolutely terrible. I don't know how my wife and I made through it. There was, I had a Kyle moment and I punched the wall, which is like so terrible. Did you really? Yes, you are a wall puncher. Yes, I. uh, Shame on you. Have you seen the Kyle memes? Like Kyle, no. Okay, so Kyle is like the most white person name ever. Like, hey, Kyle and Chad. Wait, is this Karate Kyle? No, it's just like Kyle. It's like oh, okay. he wears Monster Energy shirts and he probably drives like a beat up truck and he listens to, you know, like it's the most like white person ever. OK, and I oh, had yeah. a Kyle moment. But you have to understand that this was after almost six solid months of no sleep with triplets. Like, yeah, my wife and I got married a month and a half later. We found out we were having triplets and it's just like, oh, my gosh, like. Triple everything, triple cribs, triple. I mean, it was just insanity. So the babies, you know, she has babies and uh, we were at the hospital for four days. And then uh, we were we at the hospital for four days. I don't know. It's been a blur ever since. I was about to say, I don't know how you can like, like, I don't know how you you demarcate one day by the next. Like, I would think of it in periods of like. How many diaper changes? Like, that's yeah. your new DMR. There is no midnight or noon. It is like, I changed this diaper for the fourth time on this time. Yeah. Like, it's all just diaper changing. Well, and that's been the crazy part, too. Is So, like, the first six months, I don't remember it. Like, I don't remember. Like, I tell my wife all the time, I was the worst husband to be with because me on no sleep is just, I'm just a monster. Like, like today, I, I got four hours of sleep last night. I'll be fine. But if it's multiple days in a row... I can't do it. 
And I had a Kyle moment where I punched the wall because I had just lost my mind. Like I had gotten to the point of frustration of like a walking zombie. And then on top of that, I'm coming to work and I, it was just too much. And I, yeah, and I immediately regretted it. Did you actually put a hole in the wall? No, just like a little tiny dent. Like in a plaster wall. No, like it was like the size of my fist, but it's like an indent. It wasn't a hole. Okay. But like enough to where like I felt like I did it because out of frustration, because they had just kept waking up so much. And if you if you have kids or if you've been around kids, like there's there's a threshold that you get to to where you're like, I cannot physically or mentally take this anymore. Like and it got to that point like it, it, it just it's six months of just constant just being up and just being up and just like going to work and coming home and then you're not sleeping throughout the night and then you got to go to work the next like I had reached my Kyle moment and I did it and I immediately felt like the stupidest person ever like you know how you get mad and you do something stupid yeah. and then you immediately regret it that was it and after that I was like I have to learn how to control myself and I'm still learning obviously growing with age but so I've I've I can't believe I've never asked you these series of questions about your triplets. Mm -hmm. But now I have a series of questions about your triplets I'm going to ask. Okay. They do not follow the same diaper changing schedule, do they? No, but we do. So, for instance, we wake up in the morning. They wake up around 7 now, 7, 7.30. Okay. They go to bed at around 8. So they sleep about 11 hours, which is normal for their age. First thing we do is we get them up and we change the diaper. And then... Wait, 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 wait. You get them up and you change the diaper. Yeah, because they peed overnight. Or, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, 7 o'clock, they get a diaper change. And then usually right before nap time, like 10, 11 o'clock, they get a diaper change. So, you change the diapers whether there's content in the diapers or well, not. Well, you can check it, like, from the outside. You could see, like, if the, you know, if the landfill is full. I I, I wouldn't know because I've never Okay. Yes. Yeah, thank so, God. So, like, you, you can see by looking at them if they have a droopy diaper, you know, that there's, you know... There's stuff in there. There's content. Yeah, but sometimes there isn't. So then you don't change them, and then you change them on the next cycle. But if oh. you don't change them all at the same time, then you're changing. Like you That's what fi- I was thinking. Like You'd be changing diapers like at random points all so day, every day. You got to figure, usually throughout the day, there's 12 diapers total because there's three diapers a piece, and you Golly. change them four times a day usually. Golly. And I think that that's normal. I don't know. I don't want, like, CPS being called because I'm not changing my kids' diapers enough, but four times a day, like, you got... You Look, got if f- your kids have no diaper rash, you're changing the diapers yeah. properly. Yeah, and I mean, even still, man, you get the silent ones to where, like, my daughter, you didn't know that she used the bathroom, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you used the bathroom. Like, sometimes you can't tell with kids. Yeah. Oh, I remember I remember several times my sister... Um, she would be over, we'd be over at my dad's house and my sister would be like, oh, and she's holding the baby mm-hmm. and she's like, oh my God, he's done so much. It's <laughs> up his back. Oh, it's the worst. And I was like, I was like, excuse me. You yeah. can tell. And she's holding him. Right. Yeah. So she can tell <laughs> just by yep. holding no, him. I'm good on that. Yeah. I'm yeah. And I was like, this, this is something I I can't imagine. Like, my sister tried to get me to change a diaper because, you know, she wanted to have help, you know, <laughs> besides her husband, who was steady changing diapers all the time. Yeah. Um, She was like, don't you want to help me? I was like, no. See, but here's the thing. You mentioned the husband changing the diaper. Yes. It, it is shocking to me and appalling that, and listen, I guess different strokes for different folks, okay? But- if you are a father to a child and you refuse to change a diaper, 
That to me is like a big no no. That's like, dude, I'll go one step further. Something's wrong with you. You yeah, were raised wrong. But like, what the hell is wrong with you? My grandma was telling me that when my dad was growing up, my grandpa didn't change his diapers. Just didn't. And I feel like times are different though now too. They like, absolutely like are. Like the father's involvement in child's life is more than just going to work, saying hi, and then going to smoke a cigarette or drink a beer and work on some stuff in the garage. Right. Things are different now, and especially, man, like having three. Like at first, it was such a it was such a stressful situation, man. Like it was just like the first six months or the first like I would say eight to nine months. It was it was strange because it's like. You can't, they all do the, the they all kind of pee and, and do their thing at the same time. We feed them at the same time and everything. Yeah. But the first six months, man, it was a nightmare. Like I was telling my wife the other day, like we're actually going out and doing stuff now. Like we go out and go for a walk or we'll take them places and they're running around and they're eating people food, you know, not baby food. Right. And it's so different because that first year. Like it drove us insane. It drove me insane, at least. I don't know. Like my wife naturally was just like, I'm mom. She had the motherly instincts. But for a father, like it was like, I can't stay in the house for a solid year. And we, we literally did. I mean, there was nights where I would go out to concerts or, you know, I would, yeah. but it was very rare. And now it's like an adjustment of like, man, kind of starting to have a social life. Like once or twice a week, I know that she could stay home with the kids and I can go out to my buddy's house or go to a movie and vice versa. She can go out, you know, like this weekend she's going to a concert and I'm staying with the kids. And now that they're older, but they're like raccoons now. They work together. They, they, (laughs) we've got a gate system. So we've got a gate system. (laughs) You got to let him go. You got to let him go. In about five minutes, we'll get to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> but they're like raccoons now. They, they work together? Yeah. They see something shiny. And they'll... Oh. So we have, we have a gate system in our living room that goes across the whole entire... So we have, two, we have two entries into the kitchen. And we've got a gate system that goes across both of those entries. Okay? So what they do is they team up together and it's like pushing the wall over. They'll sit there and rock it until it falls over or they'll climb it and they'll get on top of the TV and try and take the T. They're like little raccoons, man. They see something shiny. Well, now we've gotten to the point to where we're almost at the cusp of them climbing over to their cribs. Like my wife told me the other day, she's like, hey, I want to let you know something. I'm like, well, what, what happened? Yeah, like, right. What's That's kind of ominous. Yeah. She's like, I didn't want to say it, but Ivy starting to learn how to climb over the crib. And I'm like, no! <laughs> because now you're entering a whole new world. Yeah. Now yeah. you're dropping. You have to take down the crib because if they yeah. climb over and bump their head, you're in big trouble. Yeah. So then you get beds. And it's like, okay, it's different than just one kid in a bed because yes. it's like, are they going to like team up together and put the beds on top of each other and climb over the door? Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's a whole new world. But what 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 I've gathered is, is when you give them a little bit of independence, they love it. So, like, my one son, Arthur, I can take him over the gate with me, and I'll let him walk around. He's he's the good one of the bunch. Like, he won't grab too much stuff or put stuff in his mouth. But you give him that independence, and then you take it away from him, you enter a demon realm. He, You get him on the other side of that gate, and then you put him back on. Like, hey, you're in the living room, Terry. He arches his back. <gasps> 
and freaks out because you're giving them that independence. Right. But it's just such a different world, man. It's uh, like now we're entering the fun stage. Like when I get home, they run in, da-da, and, you know, they're jumping on me, and now I can wrestle with them, and it's fun. But, man, the first six months, eight months, like no sleep, I was losing my mind. I was like the dude from The Machinist. I was Christian Bale. I I, I think it's funny that you're saying you're entering the fun stage. I know every parent who just heard that was like, <laughs> but I've had kids that age before. And it's like, yeah, you get the meltdowns and stuff, but it's fun, man. Oh, that's right. You do have like 37 kids. Yeah. So you've done this. Before. I have seven kids with stepchildren included. My wife has two. I have two. Then we have the triplets. Yeah. But like, like, like the terrible twos, <laughs> the terrible twos for a reason. Like, well, yeah, but I, they get, they get to test in that. Hell, out of your limits. Like yeah. none of your kids before have ever been in those terrible twos. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you, you about to have three of them. We went through, and they are cooperative. But it's they're a, cooperative, man. We went through a biting phase two weeks ago where my one son, part of the triplet clan, would bite the other two and like leave marks, man. And we went through that for about two weeks. Now we haven't had a bite in a couple days, which is good. Hopefully it was just a phase, like an emo phase or a hot topic phase. And he just went through it. He got through it and it's done. <laughs> but now we're in the phase of like, I'll yell at them, like, get down. And now my one son points at me and goes, Wah! and yells back at me. I'm like, who the hell do you think you are? You are a whole two feet tall. You are not going to start running this house. Oh you know? my God. But for me, they act differently than compared to my wife. Like for me, I get home and it's like, dad's home. He ain't playing. With her, they're like, nah, you're a pushover. Yeah, you'd be all right. I'm going to do what I want. But man, it's it's fun and it's interesting. I don't want to focus. I know some people absolutely hate kids, so I don't want to focus the whole podcast I mean, on I'm kids. not a fan of children, yeah. but I can like listen to funny stories. Yeah. I mean, lo- yo, I love to- when people have kids on Facebook talking about the misery that their kids are subjecting to, <laughs> I laugh. Oh, it's pure comedy for me. Yeah. So like when I hear about everything you're going through, like it's entertainment for me. It's yeah. like to me it's like queuing up Netflix and turning Watch on an the episode. Arts Kids show. Yeah. And it's like, so how are your kids told me? And like the nice thing about doing this podcast is I get to couch it in an interview format. Yeah. No, nah, baby, it's perfect entertainment <laughs> for me. This is beautiful. So it's like, yeah, we I could go on and on and on. Like, the I craziest thing though is like going out in public, like we'll go to Great Lakes Crossing and walk around the mall, and uh people will be like, Are they triplets? And I'm like, Yeah. And then my wife, I, I said the stupidest thing. So we had a four kid stroller at first and it was built like a dune buggy you could take this to sleeping bear dunes and climb all the way up to the top if you want to like this thing was four-wheel drive i mean it was durable (laughs) but there was empty space so there was one two three and then there was an empty space it was a quad stroller so we're walking through the mall Wait, 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 wait it's not they don't make triplet strollers they do but they're they're expensive i'll, I'll get to the, so the one that we got was for free right and okay. it, it was like a five six hundred dour stroller i mean it was no joke like wow. it's a house payment like and we can't afford it so we got it for free for a triplet group or whatever so we're going through the mall and someone goes oh my gosh triplets and they're like oh you got an extra spot and i was like yeah we lost that one <gasps> and i said it in the sense of like he ran away or she ran away. That's not how people take I it. Know. You, oh man. Dude, You're- it was so cringy because like my wife turned her head and looked at me yes. and I was like, "What?" And then I thought for a second. I was like, "Oh, yeah. God. I'm a I'm a dummy." Yeah. A I felt so gutted and the person just looked at me like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." And I was like, 
No, like we rented them out. Like that's what I said back. And it was ten times worse because then they're like, "You're renting out babies." So now we've got it. You're like hurtling uh, towards a CPS. It call. was so. It was so bad. But now we have like a triangle shaped triplet stroller to where it's two in the back, one in the front, right. and it's so much more comfortable. You could fit through aisles. And now when they ask, like, "Oh, triplets," and I was like, "Yeah, we're renting them out." Like I say it as a joke. Like you, we got a two for one price right now. You get two and you get one free. And okay, it's and fine it's, and now that you fine. have a triplet stroller. Right. But when you had that quad, oh, you said so that bad. I'm surprised your wife didn't drop you oh, in the so, eye socket. It was so bad. Well, it was yeah, so bad. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah. But the thing is, is yeah. now okay. We get it, man. But the thing is, is now is it's just uh, it's so much more. It, it, like I said, it's easier, and we go to the mall. But like you don't understand like the amount of people that stare. It's weird, and like with the whole human trafficking thing, like it freaks me out, man. Yeah, man. I've heard stories like Great that Lakes. stuff is that stuff is up in the UP, yo. People yeah. like tro- people hanging out around like the the equivalent of like a Menards or Meyer or yeah. Kroger whatever and just like trying to steal off of people's eight-year-olds and well stuff. and the thing is is they just arrested 35 people in the genesee county area for human trafficking Whoa. and human trafficking doesn't have a gender or a face no. or an image it's no. not i'm not again not making this political they're not bringing in it's not all illegal immigrants are human traffickers it's not all white people it's not all black people there when they showed the 35 people yeah. that it's all over the place. Yes. And I yes. like my wife and I will be going through the mall and I've got three kids and I'm like, I'm just, and especially a Great Lakes Crossing, like not to spe- specify a certain place, but they've had a lot of issues there with human trafficking. At Great Lakes Crossing? Yeah, because there's so many people that go in and out of there, oh man. Oh my God. And that place is huge. Like you tell your kid, hey, come back in a half an hour, meet me at this spot. And they're 12, 13 years old. You're thinking, oh, they'll be all right. Dude, it's a scary world. So, it is. so like we're walking through with three, two, and I'm gripping it, man. I'm gripping that steering wheel for the because it's like people are crazy, man. But it's it's a blessing, Ooh. man. It's a, and not to you know get all downer about this podcast. You know, I want it to be happy, but it, it it's a it's crazy the reactions you get. Like I, it's I, nuts. I remember my parents took me on a trip to Disney when I was in high school. I was in tenth grade, mm-hmm. and Orlando at that time was so safe because, you know, Disney has everything on lockdown out there. All the cameras. Yeah, not just the... They didn't have the cameras out there. It was just like there was people walking around. Uh Like every hotel had people walking around 24 hours day and night. Like security? Yes. Really? Yes. Like it was so safe. My parents let me leave our hotel room in the middle of the night. Well, I mean, they didn't really know I was leaving, but like... (laughs) But, like, when they asked me, uh, like, do you sleep well? And I was like, uh, n- not really. I was up most of the night. They're like, oh, what'd you do? I was like, well, I was walking the ground. So my parents didn't freak out How at all. old were you? I was, well, it's 10th grade. So I was like 15, 16 years okay. old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but still. 15, but still, 16, yeah, now I, I wouldn't. Ooh, nah. They have a, tr- they have, I say it like it's present tense, but this is like 30 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30, golly, 30 years ago. <laughs> getting old, but, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting up there, man. My knees doing extra clicks and everything. Yep, yep. So anyway, uh, so they had a tram at that time that could take you to like a circuit of hotels. Now, yeah. it's probably a lot more. But there was like, at that time, there was three massive, gorgeous hotels mm-hmm. that were fairly inexpensive uh, because they want you to spend all your money on the Disney park, not the hotel, of course. Right. 
That's probably changed. Disney will find a way to get that money out of everybody in every way. But at that time, you could do a circuit around all those hotels, and it ran 24 hours, and pickup was like every 20 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. On the dot, going to happen. Right. So, like, you go to the tram station, like, it's there. And it's still a tram, there, too, yeah. But, but they went to the whole, but the tram, oh, that's right. The hotel locations were open 24 hours a day. Okay. The other locations, like some of the parts of the park and everything else, not so much. But, I mean, they had, it was perfectly, it's well articulated, so you knew exactly where you were going to be, how it was going to be. So, I went to all three hotels in one night, just hanging around. And What the I, hell? It was funny, because my mom, well, my mom's dead. She died, I want to say, in 2017, in May. Mm-hmm. Um. But when she was alive before the dementia took hold, she would ask me like every other year or so. She'd be like, so that morning when your jeans were wet, what did you do? And I was like, I don't remember. And the truth is, I don't remember. Wait, what? Okay. There was How do you mo- not remember? I, I, it's, it's weird. It's weird. But I woke up one morning. We woke up one morning as a family uh-huh. and my jeans were wet, draped over a chair. Right. And my parents are like... Why are your jeans wet? And I was like, I don't know. Do you not remember what happened the night before? Yeah, I no, I don't. Yo, I was reading something on Reddit similar to this, and it was a question of like, like when was a time in your life where you had a specific period of time that you don't remember? And this is actually a pretty common thing. So like, people will say that they've had conversations with other people, mm-hmm. and it never happened. Well, I think honestly. I just walked around like I was. Yeah, but how did your jeans? Rain of puddles. I I think honestly, because I was a, I say was, I am a goofy, explorative person, (laughs) and I will do things that other people won't do just to say I did it. And what I think I did, was I want to see what it's like if you jump in a pool with all your clothes. And back then there was no. But you don't remember doing that. No, I think that's what I did, but I don't. And I think it was just so unremarkable. I just didn't, my brain just didn't commit it to memory. Like, when I think of all the things in my life that I've done that were peculiar that I could be asked about and I got a story for Mm -hmm. or I got a lie for, like, that's the one that stands out where it's like, I got nothing, yo. It's like, and my mom would, every couple years, my mom would be like, so... That night. Yeah, because she's trying to figure out, like, where you were just as a mom that's concerned, like... Wow. Well, it could have been. In, I mean, after like 10, 15 years, you, you chalk it up to like the remainder. Like when you when you you know, when you do long division and stuff like there's a point where you could go endlessly into like just trying to figure it like three point one four. When you divide yeah, but 21 span. by seven, there's a remainder like that. I just chalk that up to the remainder. It's just never going to get solved. It's yeah, just never. Gonna yeah, get but solved. Spin, you lost like eight to 10 hours of your life that you don't know what. Ha- Did you get like drugged? Do you think? No, no, I don't think I got drugged at all. I know I didn't get drugged because I didn't eat or drink anything. I think I might have hit hit a candy thing, like a candy vendor yeah. when I was hungry. I was 15 or 16. I was always hungry. What like, if, like, I, was a, I was lifting weights, too. I yeah. knew I was always hungry. Well, uh, okay, here's what happened. I know exactly what happened. Oh, this is, this is creeping me out. You got all that low voice and stuff. Yep, so this is what happened. So you went out. You're like, I'm 15 years old. I can do whatever the hell I want. And you went out, and you explored a certain part of Disney that isn't available to the regular public. And you explored it, and you're like, man, like maybe it w- it was Men in Black a part of Disney? Not that, t- not at that time. Okay, so you were out, you did something, you found out about like Walt Disney, like maybe you found his head somewhere or something because Disney frozen somewhere, 
And then you there, know there are rumors. That yeah, you, yeah. And you went into like a secret, like a secret little corner of Disney World that no one else knew. And they're like, okay, you saw enough. And they're like, we're gonna flash your memory. You're gonna never forget it. And maybe you went into like some pool or something that opened your mind up, like some DMT experience. And you saw you met Walt Disney, and he's like, I know everything about you. And then they had to flash your brain, and you don't you don't remember anything from it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say that that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. But I'm I will say this you. much. Disney has enough money to have invented any kind of technology possible. Oh, yeah. Like, so it wouldn't at all surprise me that they might have had the Men in, Men in Black Flasher thing. Are you going to go see, so Aladdin's out, obviously, now. Yeah. Lion King is uh, coming out. Yeah. Toy Story 4, which is Pixar, I guess, but it's cartoon, it's you know. Dis- but it's Disney. It's Disney. Do you have any interest in seeing the new Aladdin movie? I absolutely do. Okay. Did you see the video on Facebook the other day of Will Smith talking to the kids? No. So he was on a red carpet for Aladdin, and he's talking to him, and he's and they're like, well, how come you're not in your costume? How come you're not genie? And he's like, well, I don't want everybody to know, so when I go into public, I have to dress like a normal person. And they were just like amazed. They're like, we're talking to the genie. Yes. And then he said, have you met Jasmine yet? And there's these two little girls, and they're like, no. He's like, come with me. Let's go meet Jasmine. And, like, my heart dropped. I'm like, there's nobody better than Will Smith. Like, when you think of celebrities that can do no wrong, and obviously there's been some out there. There's been Bill Cosby, and then, you know, you find out later on in life that he did some oh, stuff. There's, there's, but there's, then there's, there's endless. But then there's a certain realm, and I put four people in that category. Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks, Will Smith, and I'm trying to remember, uh, Bill Murray. Uh, people who can just not do any wrong. Yeah. Like when he did that and I'm watching that video, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a man cry right now. Like I'm a man cry. Will Smith has been like, you're on Reddit often, right? All the time. So I'll never give my username though. That is the thing about, that's the proper thing. Yes. That is the thing about Reddit. If you are on Reddit, you do not give your username. Yeah. I'm not telling you where I go. (laughs) I'm not telling you where I moderate. There's some sub, wait, you're a moderator for some? I, 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 so anyway, (laughs) um, there's a uh, there's uh, there's a piece <laughs> of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I remember this because there's an oh. actor named Ben Vereen. Mm-hmm. Ben Vereen is a brilliant stage theater actor, mm-hmm. and that's what he's primarily known for. But he's also done film and television, but theater is kind of where he seems to excel, where he keeps where he st- That's where he seems to be most present. Mm-hmm. But he was in one of the most unbelievable episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where he played Will's dad. Yep. And Will's dad, Ben Vereen as Will's dad, was perfect because he gave all the appearance of being an authentic, wanting-to-be-present dad. Yes. And then all of a sudden, he ducks out on his kid and he lets Will down. And like, I'm getting chills just about this. I know, man. That clip shows up on Reddit at least once a year. Yep. And every time it gets Ugh. tens of thousands of upvotes. Like people like people are just like, man, this is my childhood, man. What did he say to Uncle Phil? He said, why'd he leave? Why me? don't he want me? Oh. I know. I'm, it hurts me now. It hurts me oh. now. And I had a present father. See, it hurts me oh, now. Oh, it's the worst. See, when I watch that, uh, see, my mom was out of my life after like three years old. I've I se- didn't know that. Yeah, oh, my God. I've seen her maybe six, seven times since then. And when I watch that clip, I'm like, I feel you, man. Oh, I feel God. you on an emotion. And Uncle Phil was the best father oh, figure in the history of yes. television. Oh, you can't God. tell me any different. You can't tell me any different. There is no. not a father figure in television history 
that did what Uncle Phil hold did up, for Will. Hold up, hold up. If Bill Cosby didn't have the Bill Cosby, if like Bill Cosby had died mm-hmm. at like 48 years old and none of those secrets came out. Yeah, but I still don't think he had the father figure like Uncle Phil did. Uncle Phil, that was the show, like Bill Cosby, what was it? What was his name in the show? Huxtable? Yeah, Cliff Huxtable. Yeah, like it was like, okay, you're a father Wait, figure. Wait, did you see that? Did you watch the Cosby show? I did. Okay. I did. See, there's an episode of the Cosby Show, and I remember this as a kid because it taught me how to handle money. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner, who was Theo Huxtable, yeah, um, he said he wanted to be on his own because his parents was like, you know, Cliff and Claire was it Claire? Yeah, Cliff and Claire. That's I oh, think I so. Remember. Yeah. Okay, but Cliff and Claire Huxtable were like. Oh, you want to be on your own, huh? He goes, yeah, I deserve it. I de-. So anyway, he wakes up the next morning, and Ava reigns the entire house like a city. Yeah. But he has, to, so he goes to the refrigerator, and and he's like, he's about to pull out some milk. And they're like, that'll be five dollars. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? He goes, well, you're on your own, right? So you have to pay for the every milk that kid you're should watch this episode. Oh my god, every kid. So he's like, oh man, well, I don't have five dollars. Like, well. Uh, you can check upstairs. You have, you have, you, there was like an allotment. Like you had mm-hmm. 150 bucks. Right. And it's like, and over the course of the episode, he had to figure out what he would spend and what he wouldn't spend money on, including his own room. Right. It By the end of the episode, he is living <laughs> the most ascetic lifestyle over the course of that day. But he rolled with it. Like he, he figured, okay, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. He actually, and by the end, you know, they came as like, so what did you learn? He goes, man, living on my own is like more than I thought. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's like, yeah. he's like, can I have my bed back? They're like, we're thinking about it. Right. We're thinking might sell it. And it's like, oh man. But of course, everything is right as rain by the next episode. Right. But it's like that episode taught me as a child. Like, oh, so that's what the world is like. Yeah. And it everything in my home, I looked at it differently. Like pots and pans, like spices, yep. sauce, like everything. The milk and the orange juice, the video games downstairs. Yeah. It's like you realize that everything has a cost, a cost that you have not paid. Well, and everything has a value, too. And when you don't value yes. those things, and that's the problem with it. And I'm not trying to be like, kids these days just don't. But that's the, like I have a stepdaughter who who wants a gift for for her birthday. Right. And I said, okay, that's fine, but you're going to work for it. Like, it's not going to be handed to you. Yeah. Because when something is handed to you, you don't value it as much. Right. And that's been, you know, uh, I remember my dad got me a car for my graduation present, and it was a 19... Either 89 or 93 Chrysler LeBaron convertible. Wow. And I, it, it was nice. Yes. I totaled it a week later. Oh, my God. Okay. And I was upset about it, but I was like, I didn't work. Like, it was given to me. Yeah, it was given to me. So I was upset, but he was more upset because he had worked on it for nine months, him and my uncle. And I totaled it. I backed into it. We were driving. It was me and uh, my girlfriend at the time. And I looked over to say something to her, and I looked back, and there was a Ford F-150 and pop right into the back of it. And I, I... I was upset with myself, but I didn't value the vehicle because I didn't. Now, the next vehicle that I bought, I had to buy with my own money. Right. And you right. learn real quick when you're forced to buy, to spend something and use your. And that's where, like, credit cards, that's the problem because you're charging something. Yeah. You'll pay for it later, yeah. but you're charging it. So you don't value it as much. If something yeah. breaks that, that you're still paying on, you're like, eh, well, 
I didn't I didn't spend my whole entire paycheck on it. Right. You know, so it's a completely different thing. Um, but it's the value of things, and kids don't value things I like they. I don't blame the kids on that. Though. Really, it's the, it's the yeah. parents' yeah. job to make a child understand That's the value very true. of their work. And I went okay. I went. I mean, I went to a private school. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of things afforded me. I was. I wouldn't say I was spoiled. Um, but I was like, I didn't act as spoiled as I saw other kids, but that's because, you know, my parents, you know, I try and explore my parents, bury that foot so far in my, my posterior, like I'd have issues for the next week flossing with shoelaces. So there was definitely an understanding that you get these things, but it's because you maintain a certain behavior. You maintain your grades. You don't talk no smack. You be careful when you hang out with these kids in the neighborhood, you don't get into no trouble. And, uh, so yeah, my parents made sure that I appreciated everything, but right. I mean, I still had my spoiled moments. Just certain things I did, I was like, "Oh man, only a spoiled dumbass would do that." But at the same time, like I saw kids in my private school. Like I remember the kids who got cars for their birthdays, and I yeah. mean, like it's funny. Like my school was like a private school and an expensive private school, mm-hmm. but right up the road, like a couple miles and to the and one mile to the west, there's a school. That was like three times the tuition of my school. And in that parking lot, you steady saw Mercedes's, Benz's, Porsches. And then you go up the way, like another couple miles. Mm-hmm. It's a It was a private Catholic boys school. And in that parking lot, Mercedes, Benz's, Ugh. trucks. Yeah. Like, and I went... I, I didn't hang out with those people, but mm-hmm. I hung out with people who did. And you could totally see how privilege affects people. Like, yeah. like the area that I used to hang out with, the kids I used to hang out with, there's a church called Kirk in the Wood. Mm-hmm. Now, at that time, Kirk in the Wood had, and this is the 90s, Kirk in the Wood had a professional choir. Everybody who sang in that choir was receiving money somewhere else and then being paid to sing at Kirk in the Wood. What? Yes. That's how, and I don't know if they still do that, but I assume that's still their get down. Okay. Yeah. But this church has so much money, they built a standalone youth facility, and the church is right on the lake. Mm-hmm. Like there's this big old lake, and it's right on the lake. And they built a standalone youth facility on the lake. And the rumor was that it cost a million bucks. Wouldn't surprise me if it was that much or more. <sighs> but Kirk in the Wood, like, when you drive past it, you know yeah. you are by Kirk in the Wood. And right. these are the type of people who I used to have I used to have as friends, who I used to be buddies with, I used to run with uh, when I was in high school. And I look back and I was like, how on earth was I not more of a swollen head piece of garbage? Right. Like, and I, I have to say it's my parents. Yeah. Because it's my parents who made me understand the value of the things they were giving me. I knew that that sweet Nintendo that I was trying hard not to break when blades of steel would cheat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, my, it's the parents job to make sure the kids know the value of the work that they do, the value of the things that they have. Well, and that's the thing too, is, is when you aren't taught those values that goes on later into life yes. because you think you could get away with certain things. Yes. You think and then I have to contend with your trifling ass at the job. Yeah. Or because you're, you're trying because you're drunk and belligerent at a concert and you think that you could do whatever you want and span who's working security at the time has to come and hustle you up real quick. Or like you talk in a movie theater and yeah. I got to give you the turn. Yeah. But that's the thing though, is that those people don't value other people's uh, price that they had to pay to get into things. No, they really like when don't. you go to a concert, if you want to crowd surf, if you want a mosh, 
mosh pit, that's fine. But right. if you want to be drunk and belligerent and bump into everybody, that's why, like, going to concerts now, like, my wife, she works at a concert venue, and... Going up there as a regular patron, right? You learn the rules of concert attending. For yes. one, if you are if you are going to a concert, earplugs. I don't care. I, I, seriously, earplugs are the biggest thing because you're gonna lose your hearing by the age of thirty if yeah, you don't. I really need to. I. It's funny. A friend gave me a really nice pair of earplugs. Scott, mm-hmm. man, you're my boy. If you're listening to this, thank you for those earplugs that I never use. <laughs> but I don't use. And they're pretty, give them to and, me. And no, hell no, screw you. <laughs> They sit in my backpack, and every time I go to something, I'm like, don't go, and I forgot the earplugs again. But that's, but that's one of the rules. You have to value your own health and safety and wear earplugs. The yes. other thing is respect other people. Like, don't show up to a concert and start bumping into people that don't want to be bumped into. The other thing is don't drink and get belligerent and start fighting with people. Because that person, you spent $30 on a concert ticket, and that, they may not be much of a value to you. Yeah. But to the other person who saved and saved and saved all their pennies to go to this concert... Yes. Respect people. But that's the thing. When you get 700,000, 20,000 people in the same place, mm-hmm. you're going to have a couple bad apples. You're going to have fights. And, and also, I've never realized this until as of late, there's demographics of concert attending patrons that determine how many fights there's going to be. There, there really is. And when you go to redneck shows, like I call it hick hop, but when right. you go to hick hop shows, there's going to be fights because there's more people drinking. There's more people being belligerent. Um, the chances of a concert fight breaking out at a share show. Um, as a guy who actually worked these shows, yeah, I can tell you that that data is not entirely consistent. Really? I, to- I told you in a story before. Yeah, that's that true. The roughest inter- encounter I had was with a 220 pound man. At the Village People show. But do you think it's volume, though? What I'm saying is there's more of a chance of there being fights. Not so much of the aggression of the fights, but there's more of a chance of a fight at a David Allen Coe show as opposed to, like, a non-point show. You'd be surprised. And there's there's some... Uh, <sighs> okay. <sighs> Here we okay. go. Down I the rabbit hole. No, see, I can't... Okay. Let's just say... Along certain demographic trends, along certain along certain demographics, I have noticed trends. Mm-hmm. With certain artists, I have ner- noticed things, and with certain, like I never got into a fight with anyone at any rock show that I worked at. Mm-hmm. So the 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 time I I almost got face tackled by a dude at a Village People show, <laughs> like. That that did not happen yeah. at Ozfest. Yeah. And I saw a soil fight. Have I told you about a soil fight? No. Have you ever been in a tree and then a noise <laughs> happens and then birds you didn't even see just fly up into the air? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine those are clods of dirt and they're aimed at you. Oh no. Yes. Well, I'm a- I'm wearing like, at the time a canary yellow shirt, so I look like a beacon yeah. of transformative securative progress yeah. in this building and the last thing anybody wants to do is obey the man right. when they are at a show and Pantera is down there and yeah. you've had your fifth or ninth or twelfth beer <sighs> even though they're watered down yeah. like you've had that and you're just like you are fit 
to be tied. Right. You just want. So they're ripping Damn up the side. And th- Dude, I had. I, I didn't get the side out of my ear till I got home. Okay. I remember. They were ripping off side from the lawn and throwing yes, it. Dude, to- that's why at that time. Oh. See, I got so many stories from this. I don't want to dominate the podcast with this stuff. But I'm going to just say this because um, one day I'll just tell the whole damn story. But there was a point where, and this is the kind of person I am, like, I can sleep in total chaos because that's the only really? time the world is entirely reflective of the energy I feel is going on. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of the world's a fraud to me. When everything is going to hell in a handbasket, that's when I'm like, okay, now everything is, this makes sense to me. I can rest. Like, really? that, yes, it's so weird. That is so weird. When the sod was in the air, <laughs> I did not feel terror. I did not feel, I did not feel any type of fright. Mm-hmm. I felt, at one with the universe. What? I was so happy. I could not believe. I I, ne- I couldn't believe how good I felt. In love and war, span is the same. No, nah, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I'm kind of made for chaos, yo. Yeah. Everything is that it's just... That's what I'm like, all right. You're the best person to have at a bar fight, though. Oh, Seriously. absolutely. I mean, because I... Cause I don't just see like, oh, oh. I see. Okay, gotta watch out for that guy. You gotta watch out. For see, that that's guy. how I am out. too. I was at a show one time, and uh, there was a guy who either overdosed or had a seizure. I couldn't tell, but he started falling back, and everyone dispersed away. And yeah. I grabbed him and tried to bring him down. And then I looked at everyone and I was like, yeah. "Get help!" Yes. And there's certain people that. You're either going to help the person or you're going to run away. Uh-huh. And I'm not trying to, you know, uh, gloat about it, or not gloat, but like show off or anything. But it's one of those situations to where I hope if I was that person passing yeah. out, that someone would be there for me. I mean, it's a character trait. Like when, yeah. when, when the nonsense goes down, do you flee or do you fight? Yeah. And it's like there's certain personalities that flee and there's I certain just... personalities that flight. And like, I'm not that guy who flights. Right. I'm like. Let's figure it out. But know? I think I think that's based on life experience too. I feel like you gotta. Nah, dude. I think it's at the genetic level, bro. Yeah, There's that's some true. Some people who are just born to be chicken chicken poops. Like, yeah, that's, that's what true. they do, man. They that's just, true. They just they can't help themselves. Like when when stuff gets weird, and they take off. And yeah. They, because that's the only way they know to cope with a situation they don't understand. Yeah, fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of podcast. We had a whole bunch of topics to talk about, but yeah, yeah. how on earth are we gonna like <laughs> put down? What the hell we, we write them down. About? We write them down as like an in case of emergency because we end up just talking, and it's it's just. Uh, and I still want to talk about this Jeopardy guy. I know he has twenty nine wins. He's about to beat Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings had to win seventy five times to make two point four million. Yeah. and this guy's doing it in like twenty nine victories, and it doesn't look like he's going to lose ever. Yeah, we're gonna. Talk about promise that the next episode that will be the first thing that we talk Don't make about. That promise. No, we we'll need see. to though because it's been on the bucket list and we just haven't talked about it because then I end up talking about my babies. Like you know, you want to hear about Jeopardy and winning money, or you want to hear about changing diapers? I mean, hey, well, you know. that, that baby conversation is candy for me. <laughs> watching watching your face contort, you remember all that despair? <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I can do that again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure that you subscribe and click the RSS feed. Have a great day.